0: We usually use the term walk on water to refer to someone who's above reproach. But when we say that the aggressive and belligerent basilisk lizard walks on water, we don't mean that it can do no wrong. Getting away from enemies as a little lizard can be tough, but not if you've got a miracle or two up your sleeve. But it's all about staying ahead of the danger in style here in life, death, and taxonomy.
1: Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify.
0: And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy, or visit us at our home in the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspilich, Carol Raspilich, Paul Chomo, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on.
1: And today we're talking about a little king that is named after the king of kings, but more on that later.
0: Dag, gummit. Now my nitty gritty nomenclature is just out the window. <laughs> I
1: didn't I didn't look specifically? I didn't. Specifically it doesn't matter. It
0: you know. You know. Yeah. It, it was. It was right there in the Wikipedia page. So. So whatever. Uh, we'll we'll entertain this farce. <laughs> this charade. Well, this before, facade.
1: Before we get into it, uh, I'm in a. I'm not in my normal studio, deluxe studio. So you might hear refrigerator sounds and uh, you're a in a refrigerator clicking. Yeah, I'm mean, in. W- that would be if you could hollow out a refrigerator. That would probably be a pretty good sound recording studio. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you I, have I, any room? But yeah,
0: you're, you'd also survive a nuclear blast.
1: Yeah, according good. to uh, reputable sources.
0: In Biamba. In Biamba B- Jones.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm also, if you're watching the video, I'm in front of some Venetian blinds, so it's very, like, talking head on The Office kind of shot.
0: You just do the whole thing like you're in an interview. (laughs) I'm just, I'm interviewing you about your your time as a podcast host. Yeah. I wish I could say more about The Office as a reference to keep this joke going, but I can't because I've never seen it. So let's move
1: on. Just look up, like, one meme on, like, Facebook or Instagram, and you will see the entire show in memes after that. I've seen because the lots of little clips. The algorithm because force-feeds it to
0: you. So so much of it is a quotable that, like, it's just jam-packed into every YouTube video and all this stuff, and people quote it constantly. And and it's, like, people doing people doing and saying relatively normal things so it just like kind of fits with normal life but um yeah i guess but we're not, know, not for me
1: talking about the office
0: yeah maybe when you are uh you search the office you'll you'll find this episode because of how much we've talked about it that'd be nice
1: that would be inc- incredible in fact
0: if we show if com showed up when you typed in "The Office" <laughs> into <laughs> Google <laughs> because of this episode, that would be spectacular. And also, I would I would uh, renounce any uh, any conceit that I know anything about
1: SEO. <laughs> Google's helpful <laughs> content update is wild. We don't we wild. have no idea what's going on. <laughs> that Shaking things
0: update. up, Rusty Brick. <laughs> anyway. Yes, we're talking about the Green Basilisk Lizard, also known as the Plumed Basilisk Lizard, also known as the Double-Crested Basilisk, also known as the Jesus Lizard, for reasons that will become apparent later. (laughs) Um, We're also calling it here the Saintly Slytherin and the Gracious Galilean.
1: I would also go with (laughs) the Blaselisk, blasphemous Lizard
0: blasphemous
1: yeah blasphemous with the B
0: Wilson blasphemous
1: yeah
0: <laughs> best best daredevil bad guy
1: but is, that, but is that we're gonna just go straight into the description
0: uh, not unless you have some taxonomy for us uh, this is I life guess. this isn't life death and lizard descriptions this is life <laughs> death and taxonomy <laughs>
1: Life, death, and lizard descriptions. That would be a very niche show. I think we'd be out of ideas by now.
0: There's a lot of lizards. That's true. We just wouldn't have very much to say that would differentiate. (laughs) Some of the episodes would sound very similar.
1: (laughs) Well, let's talk about their uh, taxonomy. They're in the kingdom, you know, love, and are in the kingdom, Animalia. They're in the phylum Chordata. They're in the class Reptilia. Uh, the order squamana we've been here several times the suborder iguaniae a contemptible order in why is it contemptible a Floridian and dealing with the and in, the inva- the uh iguana invasion
0: they're i mean they're f- fine i mean they're not supposed to be there but they don't uh they're not as they're not dangerous.
1: Well, they they burrow sometimes. Well, they also they eat uh, plants. So if they eat plants in your yard, then you might not like that. But they also burrow. True. So if they burrow under bricks and sidewalks and stuff, then it can crack the sidewalk, some structural damage. But mostly, it's just an invasive species that's doing very well because everything does well in Florida
0: it's a breeding ground for anything that does not need cold weather weather to survive
1: mm-hmm. the generalists uh, playground but uh, it's in the family uh, Corey in the house I mean uh, Corey <laughs> Toffin <Toph, laughs> in a day Corey Toffin in a day in the genius okay. uh, Basiliscus and the species is Basiliscus, Basiliscus Plumifrons
0: yeah Basiliscus Plumifrons which um, means a feathered little prince or little king or chieftain or something like that since you already know it, we might as well say it, but since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter groups, which I have rapidly put together in the last 15 <laughs> seconds. You know, you could have um,
1: said like, you could have made the choices. Uh, what is it? Frilled little prints, uh, speckled little prince, and I would have still had to run for my money.
0: I put feathered little prince plumed snake feather on the water like it's some sort of native american and then splendid chieftain i think you would have gotten it immediately but we have so this is this is the plan now that i've that i i, I just put together um this is uh, this is the part of the show where i ask you joe a question and the question is the same every time what is the name of a group of this animal was the uh term of energy, or what is the collective noun uh, so we're talking about a lizard here and we already know that a lizard a group of lizards called a lounge uh, and that's it it's the only term of venery for it so since you already know what the nitty-gritty nomenclature is what is the term of venery for the mythical legendary creature the basilisk the the turn you to stone if it mm-hmm. looks at you
1: animal the king of beasts
0: is it the King of Beasts?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I guess it just has to look at you and you turn to stone. It's there's really really not isn't too much you can do about it. I'm actually surprised. Spoiler alert for the Chamber of Secrets. I mean it had it probably looked at the bird before it pecked its eyes out, so I'm surprised the bird didn't turn to stone. Should be called Harry Potter in the or it should be called F- Fox the Phoenix in the Chamber of Secrets, because he does all the work.
1: Harry Potter Um, in the Chamber of Plot Holes.
0: Oh, the Chamber of Deus Ex Machinas. Yes. Um, But, yeah, okay, so in in mythology, a basilisk is a rooster-serpent chimera-ish creature um, that has the uh, ability to turn anything that looks at to stone... Um, I'm not, some, some sources say that you have, you have to look in, into its eyes. Um, and it has to look at you, um, or it just has to look at you at all. Um, I guess your mileage may vary because it's not a real thing, but, uh, based on the, uh, official Dungeons and Dragons manual, a group of basilisks has a term of venery so joe is that term is a group of mythical basilisks a a statuary of basilisks b a bloat of basilisks c a flaggle of basilisks or d a drainage of basilisks
1: i'm gonna go with a statuary that seems on brand
0: is that your final answer hmm ding 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 I guess yeah. that's the result of me putting this together in 20 seconds. Well, because <laughs> you this, immediately
1: got it. This was made by the wizards of the coast who like are good at story writing and like making things thematic. So it's not written by whoever actually like usually comes up with terms of venery, which means it makes sense if it makes sense. A, no, a real term of venery makes no sense. So the fact that it's a statuary and that's thematically appropriate. Led me, to, and it was created by Wizards of the Coast, and not a real term of venerist.
0: So, if I had said Dungeons and Dragons, you wouldn't, you would have second guessed. Well, it, I also, it's, it's I know it's fake,
1: I'm... so I know like the the crack the crack team behind terms of venering wasn't involved. <laughs> the
0: the 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 nineteenth century crack team <laughs> yeah. of of European explorers wasn't on the case on this one
1: they were it would be like a flagellation or something like that i did put flaggle in there
0: that was just that was me typing letters (laughs) until i figured something out (laughs) i was just fl flart no that's 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 not gonna work flag flaggle there we go (laughs) um but yeah so it's a statuary of basilisks that's something you can wow your friends with at the next dinner party if they ever ask um um what a
1: group of basilisks is called? It's
0: even which more. Is not the case up, for this.
1: It's even more made up and contrived than an actual term of venery, because it's about a fake thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I just think of the basilisks from Dark Souls, which are these like f- giant-eyed frog thingies that Actually, spit stone. I mean, yeah, they have small eyes, but giant fake eyes. Um, they just look like big frogs, and they sh- they spit. Yes. Uh, like a gas at you that turns you to stone. Um, and they're not as intimidating as the, as the Harry Potter giant.
1: Until you're in a small s- room with them thing. and that you're just covered in this gas.
0: Yeah. But like, even so they're not intimidating. <laughs> it's just the fact that there's 20 of them and you're playing dark souls, um, which I guess I, I mean, Harry, Harry Potter is basically playing dark souls, because every year is just really, really tough for him.
1: And it's it <laughs> everything's tougher seems, and tougher.
0: Everything it's, everything seems stacked against him and he he dies and comes back a lot and it's uh it's everything's medieval. Harry Potter's just Dark Souls. I'm a game journalist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we're not talking about the mythical creature. We're talking about a uh a little lizard. Why don't you tell us what it looks like?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, it's it's not anything like the uh, giant cockatrice-looking thing or a big, lit, long serpent. It's a, it's a lizard. It's an iguana-shaped thing. Um, they're long, green reptilians with specks of white, and sometimes they have black stripes on their tails. They are similar in shape to common iguania members. Uh, males have pronounced crests on their heads and fin shaped or fin like, uh, spines on their back and tail, uh, frills fringes, if you will. And then females are sleek with no pronounced spinal fins, though they have a subtle crest on their heads. Uh, so that's what they look like. And then, then like juveniles are like. Just straight up lizards. They don't. They don't have any uh, frills or um, crests Chills
0: or thrills. Mm-hmm.
1: But how big are they? Iguanas, like green iguanas, can be huge. So what are we talking right. about here? I mean, what are these cousins of theirs stack up to be? So welcome to the Blood Measure Up segment, the official listeners' favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show when, that is introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or "chittering." The words measure up into LDTaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro, so we'll look back in the archives for our greatest hits. We don't have a new Measure Up intro, but we did get an email from a real person that has listened to the show. Not somebody looking for a guest post situation.
0: We've gotten emails from real people before. And oh, it's yeah. Always oh yeah, oh nice. yeah.
1: Just not not like recently. Not
0: as not as often as we get batch, yeah, uh, emails.
1: So, um, this person uh, named Amani says, "Thank you guys for making the only podcast I listen to." I started listening last year from the beginning, and I'm over halfway through. Uh, that, there's a lot of episodes. It's going to take a Nice. Bit. It's not just fu- the fun facts, but also the way you guys deliver it. You're both very likable and funny. Thank you. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of I was, I was hoping we could write on just the facts. She's not saying we. she expects us to be... Well, I guess she does expect us to be like... I hope we are continue to be like a and funny in the second half of the catalog.
0: I was kind of hoping if it like, if for some reason we had to just Ben Stein, this and just say the facts as bland as possible, uh, that it would still be entertaining because the facts are cool. But now, I mean, now I gotta be funny.
1: <laughs> I love the cover art you have for each episode. Shout out to Brian in particular for some of my faves. Um, if she, if this person is only, uh, Halfway through, then...
0: She's only seen the uh, Brian's handiwork.
1: Uh, Amani is in the Brian years.
0: <laughs> the, they're like the Thatcher years. <laughs> it's just the 80s for us. It's the I, Brian years. <laughs> I'm
1: not sure how many offers you get for art, but I'd love to contribute if you have any spare slots and need someone to fill them occasionally. We have no... Uh, we have no people asking to fill uh, art slots, but we have dedicated artists in uh, the Brian years was Brian. And now we're in the Johanna years,
0: the Johannian era.
1: Yeah. I'm looking to build a scientific uh, illustration portfolio. So it would be cool to tie into my favorite favorite in the world podcast. Very good. Very good.
0: It seems favorite like, in the world podcast. Love it. <laughs> it seems like your,
1: your art needs are being met. So I don't mind just being another name on an emergency list. It's good to have an emergency list. That's for sure.
0: So this person, Imani, not only listens to the, the show, but listens to the very end of the show. That's the last thing. That's right.
1: That's 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 dedication.
0: That is nice.
1: Well, if you look up Velvet S, I think it's Velvets Art or Velvet Sart, (laughs) Velvet S Art (laughs) uh, on Instagram, you can see Amani's uh, work and it's very good. Yeah, check that out. This this dog that is a clown is excellent. Okay, (laughs) let's go. Without further ado. The listener's favorite part of the show. That's a bark. Singing, sit- singing, chittering, barking. Uh, this one was this one was from Alara uh, Jessica. Is this uh, the one where the
0: person is barking and it sounds just like a dog? Yeah, it
1: might be. Here is another one. I tried to bark it, bark it. This time, so this is might be a person this, barking. This is a person that's incredible.
0: That's yeah, that's my my uh my sensors went up again. I was like, huh, that that sounds like it might be a person, but it was a very, very good impersonation of a dog.
1: It is an impersonation, indeed. Thank you to Alara once again. There are several that Alara has sent in. Maybe we'll mine that. Rich vein. Mm. (laughs) Vane, Mr. Pocket. Okay, let's talk length. They're 10 inches or 25 centimeters snout to vent, which means snout to the cloacal vent, which is not including the tail. So how many green basilisk lizards go into the road to Emmaus?
0: sensing a theme here (laughs) here's a hint
1: (laughs) luke describes a post-resurrection event in which jesus appears to two disciples that are walking from jerusalem to emmaus luke records that jesus was kept from being recognized by the disciples until they reached their destination and sat and ate with him so how far did they walk without recognizing him Although yeah, they I met was gonna say road, so it's not this, the exact.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say like from where to Emmaus? Yes, it must be from Jerusalem.
1: Jerusalem like, to Emmaus.
0: Emmaus. Um But yeah, it probably wasn't the whole way. Um, I have no idea. Recently, I've been looking a lot at a map of ancient Israel, uh, because as I'm reading through like Samuel and stuff, I'm like, where are all these places? Uh, and, um. I don't know. I have not seen like Emmaus just hasn't popped up yet. I mean, there's, it's there obviously, but, uh, there's, I just f- haven't been looking for it.
1: Famous, um, painting of the road to Emmaus, which is like a, um, like a nice little like forest landscape and then people walking along a, a road. Um, and it's, I feel- it, it's in our house cause a family member, uh, like painted it, uh, recreated it. Um, and I thought, because her name was in the corner, growing up it was it was there all the time. I thought that was an original thing she did, and I thought like and then I saw it later, it wrote to a Maya's famous painting I'm like what the what this is this is in our house? This is an incredible painting
0: that <laughs> <laughs> would that that would be pretty crazy though the, the recreation
1: amazing. she did was quite good she's she's talented
0: Uh, i want to say that this is like a day's walk um that may not be the case i don't remember what the exact wording is but it seems like um these these are people leaving after passover from Jerusalem back to Emmaus and Um there's no, I don't remember there being any indication that they like stopped and camped or, or went to any other cities. So I met, I imagine, and then Jesus revealed himself while they were eating at the end of the day. So I assume it's one day. So maybe it's like, uh I mean, they walked a lot back then. Maybe 30 miles. Oh, that would be a long way to walk, but that would be a, it,
1: quite the march.
0: I mean, it's not impossible.
1: You shot womp rats back home,
0: <laughs> it's not impossible. I used to bullseye <laughs> womp rats in my T16 back home. Um, all right. I don't know, 30 is good because it hedges for in case this was a multi-day adventure. And I'm, and I'm, I'm missing something, so... 30 miles. 190,000 lizards. Final answer. Yep.
1: The correct answer is 48,000 lizards.
0: Oh, boy. Emmaus is like sisters. It's like Minneapolis and St. Paul.
1: The distance between these two first century cities has been described as 60 stadia. And a stade is 625 Roman feet or uh, 185 meters or 606 feet or 125 paces. Um, so there's a range of what the stadia is, and the upper range uh, puts this about 12 kilometers or 7.4 miles. Ah easy peasy yeah it's Do the that next, an afternoon next door. if you look at a map yeah. they look quite close
0: yeah I just I don't, I don't know I was looking when I when I last time I looked at a map of ancient Israel I was looking for places like Gibeah and Shiloh and, and Mizpah and stuff like that I was not looking for Emmaus but now now we know I figured it was in, within a day's walk um I just thought they were
1: They walked faster. I don't know. (laughs) They probably did like keep a good brisk pace. Seven miles in a day is is decent. It's a we we've hiked something similar, right? But that was up and down. So I've
0: in the Boy Scouts we hiked like twelve to fifteen miles a day on some of our longer hikes. Yeah, just trying to trying to get from place to place. And it was really hard, but you know that's not our livelihood. So if like all we did was walk from place to place, and every year we had to walk like from our desert sit town to the Jerusalem, uh, to for 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 um the various festivities, then I feel like I'd be uh, like you know a, a ten mile hike is nothing.
1: Yeah, strong legs on on these guys. Strong legs, stronger sandals. <laughs> uh, let's talk weight. There's about 7 ounces, or 198 grams. How many green basilisk lizards go into the weight of 5,000 tilapia? What? <laughs> Here's a hint. Tilapia is some sometimes called St. Peter's fish because it is believed to be the most likely fish species caught by the disciples and fed to the 5,000 by Jesus in the feeding of the 5,000. Matthew only records that 5,000 men along with their families ate and were satisfied, so they probably all didn't eat a whole fish. However, when women and children are factored in, 5,000 fish could be somewhere close to the weight of the fish consumed at the feeding of the 5,000. Probably it's probably overshooting it.
0: All right, my answer is twenty three thousand lizards. Lizards, twenty three thousand worth of lizards were fed to people that day. Final. T- tilapia's worth of lizards. No, lizards worth of tilapia. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, twenty three thousand.
1: The correct answer is fifty seven thousand one hundred and forty two lizards.
0: Oh, I assumed each tilapia was two pounds.
1: Each tilapia is five pounds.
0: Ah. big fish.
1: I, I think your estimation is probably closer to what they actually ate, because although I mean, I, it says there's five thousand men and their families, so that means like there could be five kids all eating, and they were
0: super hungry. Yeah, but it, I would be surprised if each person didn't eat a whole fish.
1: May five pounds? No way.
0: I guess that's it. That is a really big
1: fish. <laughs> um, And and the way it's described, we've talked about this before. Like what in this miracle, what did it look like? Did the did like oh. you hand out the fish and then there's another fish in the basket?
0: I think. Did I tell you I was like thinking about making like this was years yes. ago. I was thinking about making a podcast, which was like, what would it have looked like? To be here at these miracles. Yeah. Like what exactly did it look like to have a pillar of fire coming down or something like that?
1: In in Um, Matthew. And this is a weird one. In Matthew, it says at the end that they collected pieces that filled so many baskets. So I think it was more likely that pieces were being like ripped off. And like, oh, well, this fish is not being diminished, you know, or this bread is not being diminished because it says... Jesus blessed the five loaves and two fish. It doesn't say. Kind it, it similar. Never t- says that those things were multiplied. But it. The, but these five loaves and two fish fed all five thousand people. So I think it's like.
0: So you just rip off a piece and then and it, pass like it along. Visibly grows back.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Or it like grows into its own fish, like a starfish.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting the
0: um it's kind of like Elijah and the and the the widow and the the unending jars of oil mm-hmm. and flour like it yeah, just never That's runs what I'm out. i i suppose you could just like unstopper them and turn them over and they would just dump out forever um
1: <laughs> uh, now imagine <laughs> being the first few people being fed, like served by the disciples and they're like, we gotta spread this real thin. So the disciples are like, ripping off here, very have tiny an eyeball. <laughs> yeah, and then like, oh, it's it's not going down. And so like the last few people are getting like full fish, and uh, and then the first people are like, well, this is clearly unfair. Well,
0: to bring to bring this conversation um, about the Bible back to witchcraft, um, in Har- the end of Harry Potter, they have that thing where like the the um if you touch a, a the oh it's the gemini curse if you if you touch something it immediately sp- like springs into two and then it springs into two again and so maybe it's just like just pops into like a loaf of bread just pops into two loaves of bread or maybe they just kept closing the basket whenever they opened the basket there was more in there
1: well yeah but just that the fact that at the end um it doesn't say and we had this many fish and this many pieces loaves of bread. It says pieces. So I think it's like, it, it, it was like, it wasn't like being multiplied by full fish. I think these two loaves, these five loaves and two fish regenerated continuously as they passed out pieces.
0: That still would have been crazy to watch. No matter sure. how you slice this, literally... It would have been crazy to watch. It is a miracle
1: Um, either way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very true. But we've got other miracles to talk about.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's talk some fast facts before we get into the major fact. Uh, Males are extremely territorial. They will control a territory with several females and his hatchlings. Um Green basilisks are kept as pets, but males are aggressive and don't like to be held and will scratch and bite you. So stop doing that. Let them be in the wild. They the will cats. not spark joy. Um, they can also be kept with. They can't be kept with other males. So in the wild, they're territorial. But if you put them in the same uh, ter- terrarium, they're not. They're going to be upset with one another.
0: They're they're going to go all beta fish.
1: Uh, male, uh females present to males when they are ready to make some omelets uh, they they lay as much as 15 eggs in a burrow in soft sand um, and basilisks are omnivorous and prefer insects and berries so iguanas are like almost completely vegetarian although I'm sure they wouldn't turn up other things a, co- a
0: cockroach or two yeah. uh,
1: but these guys are omnivorous they eat insects and berries but they can also eat flowers and seeds and small fish and reptiles and amphibians hmm and that's all I got do you have any f- quick fa- uh big facts thick facts
0: uh, yeah, thick facts mm-hmm. yeah and uh but it involves being quick so that's good um so like many lizards oh I didn't name this one um call it walking on sunshine (laughs) (laughs) um like many lizards the basilisk's response to being on the menu of a hungry snake or bird is to run away as quickly as possible and as my dog my dog um my dog (laughs) as my dog (laughs) morph can attest they're quite the speedy little fellas uh because he always tries to catch lizards And he I mean, he's pretty fast, so he does catch them sometimes, but they're 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 tricky. Um, But when you are a smallish lizard in South and or Central America where these guys live, the threats can can come by land, uh, by air or even by sea or river or lake or more likely river. So, jumping into the water and swimming is not the greatest idea when, like, there's a caiman or an anaconda on your tail. Um, But that actually wouldn't be much of an issue if you weren't exactly in the water when you made your escape. What if I told you that the basilisk was so fast it could run on the water? That's right. It can literally run across the surface of a body of water. No tricks actually does that i remember seeing um a youtube video showing like oh this this runner like has this the this really great technique for running on water and it shows him like just sprinting like off off the shore of a lake and just into the lake running across it for like 10 steps before falling in. i was like what (laughs) what is that it turns out they just had like a some glass or something under just underneath the water he's just running on the glass um but I remember as a kid thinking, like, this was early YouTube. I'm thinking, like, they, they, he's unlocked, like, chi-walking or something like that. Have you ever seen, um, like,
1: videos of that? There's, like, this, I forget what it's called. It's, like, this thick, viscous liquid that if you stand in it, standing still, you sink. But if you continuously, like, dance a jig or, like, step up and down, then you will stay on the surface.
0: No, that... Is real? That's real. That must it's be real. It's very pretty freaky.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like quicksand. I'll have to look that up. Like that, that kind of like, uh, it's co- sort of like the opposite of quicksand. The if you don't keeps move, you, up, you sink. Sucks you down. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I'll have to look that up. Um. So the way that the basilisk lizard, uh, can do this, and this is by the way, this is why it's called the Jesus lizard, and why we've been talking so much about Jesus. <laughs> And, uh, uh, and the Sea of Galilee and all this stuff. Um, it's because it can you know, run across the water, even though there's no indication that Jesus ran, he walked, um, and so did Peter. But the way that the lizard does this uh, is not by divine power. It's by hiking up on its hind legs. So it actually becomes bipedal uh, in this, when it's doing this. Um, so it's a lot like a person. And uh, it wheels its feet around really fast, which is notably unlike a person, um, and basically propellers itself across the water. Uh, insects can walk on water, uh, but in fact, if you like a, a bunch of ants fall in the water, they will—they uh, might link up together to make the world's worst raft. But this is due to the fact that they aren't very—they aren't heavy enough to break the surface tension of the water. Um, a three-foot or I guess ten, 10 inch, but three feet with its tail. Um, basilisk can, uh, can't rely on surface tension, it's too big. Um, so what happens is the back of this basilisk's feet um, spread out, uh, kind of flatten and uh, spread out so that the, maximi- the ma- it maximizes the amount of surface area that's making contact with the water. Um, and then when the basilisk's foot enters the water at a high speed it displaces the water and creates an air cavity um and that's if you remember if you remember us talking about air cavities then you have been listening from the beginning because uh that is a mantis shrimp fact the same air cavity that mantis shrimp used to ko fish um is it's it's like this uh it's it's not quite as fast obviously mantis shrimp is just like blisteringly fast and the air cavity like is briefly hotter than the surface of the sun um go check out that episode i think it's episode five i just told you not to listen to our early ones and now i'm telling you to listen to our early ones um but it's it's a a similar principle like if you move fast enough through uh through the water you will displace the water so that there is before the water rushes back in to fill the ca- the air cavity that you've created, um, and what the uh, the basilisk will do is push off of this air cavity, so it'll it'll push its foot down, which will create the air cavity underneath it, which is like a, just a powerful bubble, the most powerful bubble. Um, and then once that's there, it'll then push off of it to rotate its foot its leg again and repeat the process. Uh, It can move up to five feet per second, which at first I was like, that's got to be super fast for a lizard. Um, But I mean, if you were to relate it to body size, if you include their tails, then that would be like us moving at 10 miles an hour, which is not very fast. Um, But I guess if you compare it to their, their, you know, snout to vent size, that'd be like moving 30 like 33, 35 miles an hour. That's like Usain Bolt speed. So that's pretty, that is pretty darn fast, but it's all about having low body mass, having wide enough flippers and moving, uh, very quickly. Um, and it's not just, it's not just a matter of having a propeller that just spins in a circle. It actually has to push down to create this air cavity and then push off of it. So, um, it's actually been the study of a subject, of study for robotics experts trying to figure out how they can create like a, maybe a man-made version of this that could sprint across the water, which would be terrifying if a robot just could sprint across <laughs> the water at you. Um, but um, so basically, if you got some flippers and were able to windmill your legs fast enough and the water was like 70 percent salt, you might find yourself skimming across the water. It's unlikely that any that those things will happen, but, um, and the basilisk lizard can only do this for about, uh, 20 feet, but when they're like, I mean, they're, they're usually just trying to get away from immediate threats and going across small ponds or rivers. So that's usually enough to get to shore or to get to safety. Um, and I encourage anybody when they sit down and have a minute Look up the basilisk lizard running across water because it's it's pretty crazy. It's just this lizard that's chilling out on a rock in in a lake or something like that, and then suddenly it just gets up on its hind legs and just spr- sprints across the water away. And it's it's actually pretty funny to watch. It uses its tail as a counterweight. Its tail is you know like like we said it's ten inches long. Its body is, but then its tail makes uh makes it three up to three feet long so it's more than uh twice its body length so it acts as a, as a good counterweight as it as it does it's 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 propellering across the water um and then you know if it doesn't make it to shore the amount of time it has to to um to run across the water uh, then it can swim and it can swim underwater for up to an hour It can hold its breath for that long um, which again, if you're running away from, if, if you're trying to escape a, a, a crocodile or something like that, um, isn't going to help you all that much. But, uh, if you've, if you just made some serious distance and bewildered the heck out of, <laughs> out of whatever was chasing you, um, then you, then it seems like you might stand a chance and basilisk can do this basically from, from birth, from hatching. So it is, uh, and it is, it's not completely unique to basilisks. There's another species of lizard that can do this, but, um, this is not a very common trait Hmm. and they are still studying exactly how, how this mechanism works. I looked up like a research paper on it and it very quickly got too complicated for me to understand. Um, so, so then I found a Wonderopolis version of it that explained it to children, and I understood it much better. (laughs) And that's it. That's that's a basilisk lizard can literally run across water. It's not like the Draco lizard that is called the Flying Lizard but doesn't actually fly. just glides. This actually does the thing that (laughs) that it's known to do.
1: Speaking of running across water, I found the thing that you can stand on, or dance on, rather, stomp on, and not sink it's it's called oobleck um and it's a, just a, su- a suspension of starch in water um and it's wh- an example of what is called a non-newtonian fluid which is any fluid that doesn't have a consistent viscosity and when force is applied the viscosity is changed so in this case when you, it's a liquid when you like run your hand through it slowly but if you punch it, it like acts like a solid. Uh, and so that means like you can get on it and like continuously stomp and not sink. But if you stop, you start sinking. And and the opposite, another non-Newtonian fluid, which is the opposite, which is thick at rest, but when force is applied, it becomes thin, is ketchup. Ketchup is a non Newtonian fluid. So you if you the, the reason it comes out better when you shake it or smack it is because you thin it by applying force.
0: Huh? I was going to say, like, how do they know if they can't apply force to it? Um, Interesting. Uh, I looked this up and all I, and my first results are the fact that the OOBLEC is the antagonist of a Dr. Seuss Yeah, It book. is <laughs> Bartholomew Cubbins it, and the OOBLEC. Well,
1: the, Obleck is named so named because of that Dr. Seuss it's The
0: horrible gelatinous blob.
1: Just look up Oblek non Newtonian Fluid.
0: That sounds fun. I'll have to make uh you know, fifty or sixty gallons worth of a patch and, and try it out.
1: Well you could also just In make spare a small time. batch and put it on a subwoofer. And then it the force from the sound waves makes it like these Interesting little waves.
0: I'll have to uh, go get go, my subwoofer. Go ruin <laughs> a
1: subwoofer for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Do you have anything else on the lizard? The uh, basilisk?
1: It. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, that was the plumed
0: basilisk lizard. For you out there in Podcastia, yeah. keep an eye out for snakes, petrify some muggleborns, and walk across the waves like the basilisk lizard here in life death and taxonomy.
1: Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. (laughs) Just like make a gel pack vest with this ubleck in it so that like if somebody it's lightweight, you know, it's it's flexible but uh when somebody shoots it it acts like a solid <laughs>